0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But being in God's Word every day, even for this short period of time, helps keep us in touch with our Creator and keep focused on our relationship with God. And that's important for us, to think about our lives from a spiritual perspective and to be better able to deal with the day, whatever it throws at us. We encourage you always to share these short studies with everybody you can every day, your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but you may help somebody turn their life around. You know people in your life who need to change their focus in their life and start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. So by sharing, you may help somebody ultimately make that turn and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make up your mind, make that commitment, and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. I want us to enter into a new line of thought and study today, and I want to, to want us to think about our greatest adversary and enemy and the greatest problem in our lives, not just in our lives individually, but in the lives of all of humanity. And it's one particular problem for everybody. Now think about that. How are we created? Going all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. When God had created, well, when he had set the sun and the moon and the stars in place, and when he had brought forth the green grass and the herbs in the field, when he had put all the animals in their places upon the earth, and then he came to what I like to think of as the crown of his creation, and that's mankind. In verse 26, After he had created the cattle and the beasts of the field and all the other animals, and everything else was in place, then in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our image. Now, that makes man distinct and unique from everything else that God created, because he had not indicated that he would make anything else in the image of God, in the image of himself. So he said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the beasts, uh, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, this particular uniqueness in the way that god created mankind is not mentioned only in this one place also in chapter genesis chapter 5 in verse 1 this is the book of the genealogy of adam in the day that god created man he made him in the likeness of god in the likeness of god well another way of expressing in the image of god After God's image. Then we also look at chapter 9, chapter 9 and verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. In the image of God, God made man. So we are absolutely unique from all of the rest of the creation in that we are created in the image of God. Now what does that mean? Do we look like God? Well, God is spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So we don't, in a physical way, I don't think we're to understand we look like God. Now, when God sent his son into this world, Jesus Christ, in physical form, he came as a man, as a human being. But that was accommodative so that he could pursue the ministry that God sent him to fulfill as the savior of mankind on this earth. He came in human form, but God is spirit. So I don't think we're to understand that being made in the image of God after his likeness means we look like God in our physical in our physical uh, perspective but rather god is spirit so god created within us a special uniqueness that is not present in anything else that he created he created within us a soul an eternal soul so we have that spirit being within our physical being if you want to think of it that way And it's difficult for us to really completely wrap our minds fully around the idea that we have a soul within us. There's a spiritual essence within us. And that spiritual essence or that soul, that lives on forever. Our physical body is limited in duration. We're going to die physically one day. The Hebrews writer says in Hebrews chapter 9, it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. So we're not going to be here in physical form forever. We're going to die. Now, the opposite side of the ledger, God created us in his image with a soul. God is our creator. God is our heavenly father. But there's an adversary out there. What does that word adversary mean? Our adversary is our enemy. And what is the gravest enemy that faces mankind? Well, if you start talking about people speaking from a somewhat philosophical perspective, or some people would say, no, no, I'm speaking from a scientific perspective, or whatever it might be, they'll give you all kinds of answers. They'll talk about... In some cases, overpopulation. they'll talk about global warming. They used to talk about global cooling. Uh, they'll talk about famine and drought, and the list can go on and on. War, pestilence, plague, pandemic again, the list goes on and on. But that none of those are really man's greatest problem, our gravest danger, the gravest danger is sin, sin. Now, why is sin so serious? Because sin separates us from God, separates us from God. And there could be nothing worse by prospect than our being separated from God. Now, why would I say that? Well, because we're created in God's image. He created us with that soul. He created that soul to go on eternally. And so that is that part of us, if you want to think of it from that perspective, that God meant to join him in heaven for all of eternity if we were to live our lives faithfully before him and thereby be with him in heaven. In Isaiah 59, beginning with verse 1, the prophet wrote, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Genesis chapter 3, Everything changed that day. I know I've emphasized that over and over and over again in these these various podcast Bible studies and also in my teaching generally, whether I'm preaching or teaching a class or doing a radio program or whatever it might be. Everything changed that day. Man was in the garden that God prepared for man to live in. And I think we can conclude from the description, everything that God placed in that garden, that it was paradise on earth. The closest thing we've ever seen to paradise on earth. And within that garden was the tree of life. And as long as man would continue to eat the fruit of the tree of life, they'd live forever. Now, most important, God created man sinless, guiltless, without sin. And as long as he continued to live by God's teachings, by God's instruction and guidance faithfully, and continue to eat that tree, the fruit of the tree of life, he was going to live forever on this earth, sinless, innocent. But the devil appeared on the scene and tempted Eve and Adam through Eve to disobey God, and that sinned. And they succumbed to the temptation, and they disobeyed God. They ate the fruit of the other tree that is highlighted in Genesis chapter 2, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they disobeyed God by eating the fruit of that tree, God had said, you don't touch it. You don't even touch it, let alone eat it. For the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. They sinned. They became sinners and All right, now what about sin separating us from God? Sin separates us from God, as we just read, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. So spiritual death became an instant reality, but also physical death in prospect became an instant reality, Virtually, because when God pronounced a series of judgments upon the man and the woman because of their sin, one of them was expelling them from the garden and denying them access to the tree of life. So, physical death was going to happen. They already had, I think we can understand in a sense, died spiritually because now they were sinners. But God had a plan in mind already for their redemption, their forgiveness, their salvation. And that was through the Savior, Jesus Christ. And God would bring his son into the world as the Savior. Now, it would be thousands of years down the road from that particular moment when man and woman entered into sin, but God already had the problem, already had the 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 plan in mind, and so the say He would send His Son into this world as the Savior. So the spiritual death by God's plan could be rectified, and that man and that woman, and all of humanity who would follow God faithfully and seek his forgiveness in the ways that God would then lay out for them to do so, they could be forgiven and they could be saved and expect eternal life with him in heaven. But now, physical death was going to stay a continual reality. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So there are the two sides of the ledger. The wages of sin is death. Spiritual, and that would be eternal death if we don't repent and come to God for forgiveness, his way. But also physical death. Now, our enemy, that's the devil. In 1 first, first John chapter Or 1 Peter chapter 5 in verse 8, Peter lays it out for us. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary or enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, we can resist the devil victoriously, successfully, and consistently by living in faithfulness before God. Okay. How do we do that? How can we be victorious over the devil and over sin? We'll start looking at that in detail next time. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for loving us so much and creating us in this unique way in that we have a soul and thereby we're created in your image. Please guide us to cherish that reality, and boy, to never take it lightly or for granted. Guide us to live by your will, so that we can be victorious over sin, so that we can beat the devil. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.